Iowa everywhere. What up, what up? It is Chris Williams here. Uh, we are back from Las Vegas, obviously, and still piecing together a lot of the content that we put together for you guys while we were at Circa. We had some great access. You heard on the feed earlier, well, it would have been on Saturday, I think I put it up, where I spoke with the owner and CEO of Circa, Derek Stevens, obviously huge name in the sports betting scene, along with Mike Palm. Ken Miller and I were out there, so today's podcast, here's what you're going to have. Ken and I went through some of our thoughts on bets for bowl season, and we also spoke to the headlines maker at Circa, Jeffrey Benson. You're going to hear that interview first, get some insight on how they make lines, do all that cool stuff, just get to know Jeffrey a little bit. And we will also, after that, Ken and I are going to go through some of our best bets for bowl games and just insight on how we are viewing the upcoming college football bowl season when it comes to a betting perspective. So here it is. Uh, we'll start things off. This is my and Ken Miller's interview with Jeffrey Benson, the uh, the big dog behind the odds at Circus Sports. Uh, just real quick to kind of answer Chris's question, how, how, how sports have embraced Las Vegas, right? Didn't we Bookmakers were the boogeyman 10 years ago, seemingly. Now you got a hockey team. Now you got an NFL team. You're going to host a Final Four. You're going to host a Super Bowl. Everybody wants a part of it. Sounds like MLB is coming. Maybe the NBA. Mm. Who'd have thought that 10 years ago? You know, I certainly wouldn't. I got here in 2012, and, you know, as you alluded to, you know, the uh, the leagues being in bed with these sports books was certainly taboo at that time. Um, you know, people talked about, you know, kind of the seedy underground world of gambling, but now that everything's been legalized and PASPO's passed, um, you know, I think you've seen a much healthier space, um, and legalization continues to grow. The handle continues to grow. There's a lot of benefits that come from it. Um, and when you look at Vegas, um, obviously the, uh, you know, it, it kind of centered on, you know, this was the gambling mecca of, you know, the United States. We can't have a sports betting. You know, we can't have a sports team here. Um, and ultimately, once we broke the ice, you know, pun intended, with, uh, with the Golden Knights, um, I think that really opened the door for a lot of other things. And obviously, we were really blessed to have the Golden Knights, um, you know, be fantastic right out of the gate. Speak King. for yourself. I'm going to pick <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were uh, we were certainly blessed from a uh, a betting perspective um, and a fandom perspective that they were great out of the gate, um, and that it it showed a proof of concept and that it could work. And when you look at the Las Vegas Aces um, and now with the Legion and the Raiders and things like that, you know this can be a really healthy, fruitful town as it comes to having sports teams here. And I I would anticipate MLB and NBA won't be far behind, and um, it'll certainly open up the door to a lot of other events as you uh, as you mentioned. Really, um, really interested to see, too, I wanted to ask you about bowl games because we're going to do a show about these and betting on bowl games, and it's really, really difficult now for a consumer to do that. How do you make a bowl game line in 2022? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think it changes every year, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a bookmaker and odds maker, you know, I think the answer would be that, uh, you know, while you love bowl season, you, all, you also hate it. Um, and the reason I say that is just because it's so difficult to make numbers, um, you know, given 
given the amount of transfers and information and news that's happening. So, you know, for the listener who's maybe not keenly aware, obviously, with what's happened over the last couple of years in terms of the transfer portal, mm-hmm. you know, somebody uh, I respect and somebody who's really big in the space was telling me that, you know, over the last couple of days uh, or, you know, leading up to bowl, uh, bowl season, you know, there's 1,300 kids that are in the portal. That's um, insane. Already, you know, and when you think about that um, and, and the you know, the loss of talent for some of these teams, whether it's 10, 15, 20 guys, you know, it not only is it hard to, to play in a bowl game, it's hard enough to field a team. Yeah. Um, and as oddsmakers and bookmakers, you know, we have to put things on the board. Um, you know, so for us, when we open, you know, Matt Metcalf, who's our sportsbook director, he opens the first college football number in the world. You know, he had the, uh, the tall task of putting up the games. And, you know, for us, you know, we open with 10,000 limits, $10,000 limits on the sides, uh, $60,000 limits on the college football playoff, uh, those two games. You know, it's really, you know, for us, we have a group of guys in the back, um, you know, three or four guys who all make their own college football numbers. You know, what goes into a college football number? You know, who the team is putting on the field, um, you know, priors, you know, how that team has performed over the last two, three, four, five years. You know, what number they're playing to power rating wise. You know, Ohio State, for example, could go into, you know, playing Michigan the last week of the season, you know, and they could be playing to, you know, just for argument's sake, you know, a 103 level. Um, and after that game and getting, you know, blown out by Michigan, not really a blowout just because of the, the final score, right. but, you know, the odds makers could sit down and say, you know, we're adjusting Michigan up from, say, you know, 95 to a 98 rating based on that performance. We're adjusting Ohio State from a 103 to a 101. And when you look at it now on a neutral, you know, Ohio State's, you know, say four and a half points better, four points better, whatever it may be. That's kind of a granular overview of how odds makers are adjusting their ratings to come up with what a number is. And I think when you look at the college bowl games, it's, it's so difficult because, you know, Speaking about the Iowa-Kentucky game, for example, obviously, you know, Will Levis has been talked about. He's the quarterback of Kentucky. He's been talked about, you know, before the season, probably as the number one draft pick. Obviously, with how the season went, I'd say he's probably in the top five or ten now. He's, his draft stock has obviously dropped a little bit. Um, but when you think about that, you know, he's the quarterback for Kentucky. As an odds maker and a bookmaker, you have to think about, A, what number do you want to hang? Mm. And B, presuming he doesn't play, what he's worth to the spread. Obviously, today it came out earlier this morning that he wasn't going to play. Really, for us, it didn't do much for the line. I can't speak for other books, but for us, we baked that into the number. Gotcha. Uh, Matt didn't think he was going to play. So the number that we hung on the board was indicative of him not playing. You know, the challenge with these bowl games is you're going to have quarterbacks or you're going to have star players who may or may not be playing. And the job of an odds maker or bookmaker is quantifying their worth if they do or don't play. So a lot of times, you know, you have to kind of maybe split the middle and be kind of 50% in, 50% out. Like this line is imputing that there's a 50% chance he plays and a 50% chance he doesn't play. And then, you know, the, the goal as a bookmaker is obviously, you know, to be on top of Twitter, be on top of news, be on top of all these different releases um, and try to beat the betters to it so that you don't get beat up too bad. Um, and when you look at, obviously, the Kentucky-Iowa game, you know, right now we got Iowa minus one, total 31 and a half. Um, obviously, probably one of the lowest totals, if not the lowest total 
I mean, bowl history. Well, that's, I was going to follow up. How, is, is it like a talk, these Iowa lines this year? Because <laughs> it, feel, it feels like every week it was like, oh, well, this is like the lowest line ever to come out. Yeah, I mean, obviously. How low can you make a line? Exactly. Um, you know, I think when you look at the total, you know, it's 31 and a half. You know, how much lower can it actually go? Um, but I, Iowa obviously played, you know, a ton of grind it out, you know, one yeah. score, you know, defensive, you know, running the ball type of games. Uh, and that's obviously, you know, implied in what the total is, uh, which they think is going to be kind of like a defensive slugfest. So, obviously, Iowa totals were, you know, the talk of, you know, the opening college football numbers a lot of times um, because the totals were so low. And I think, you know, betters were trying to, you know, impart what they thought of that number by either A, betting it up or B, betting it down. So, like I said, certainly uh, an interesting talking point given how low their totals are and, you know, when you look at that team, you know, how slow they play and how much they choose to run the ball obviously is a huge factor in, you know, coming up with that number. December 17th, it's a Saturday. I love the NFL. I love college football. I got both of them. It's almost like overkill that day, Jeff. We were talking before we – this is the first year this has happened, I think. It's a, it's a decent slate, three games. But now all of a sudden that first Saturday of bowl games, they bumped that up a little bit. you got power five teams. I mean, there's a game at SoFi. There's a game at Allegiant. Uh, these aren't just, you know, small schools that are going to try and stake their claim uh, television-wise for eyeballs. And now you're going up against the NFL. What will that do for business? Yeah, I mean, being in the business 11 years myself, you know, NFL's king. Yeah. Um, as much as I love college football, as much as I know you guys love college football, you know, the NFL on Sunday is just it's it's the standalone thing and it's the thing that ultimately over the course of a season or the course of a year for us is going to generate the most handle and i was surprised to see that i you know flexing three games let alone you know one game and there's a lot of logistics and operational things that go into that but um i i think you know probably the uh you know the thought process for them was you know having as many games you know on a standalone saturday uh, where they're able to kind of stand out, given that it's not going to be a full college football slate, was probably the thought process. Oh sure. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, necessarily know that I understand that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think having those three games um, and kind of inter intertwining them with uh, with bowl season will certainly be good for Vegas sportsbooks. Um, you know, as it, you know, when, when you look about will it take away kind of eyeballs from college football. You know, the answer is probably going to be yes. So you're saying the big screen or one of them will probably have the NFL. My guess is the sound will be on NFL. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll try to get, uh, you know, we'll try to have one of the big screens, at least on the college sure. football stuff. But, uh, you know, like I said, NFL's king at this point. Uh, you know, people speak with their dollar, per se. One of the cool things that I like about you guys is like, so we're here tonight and you made a line for the women's basketball game. And the, you've done wrestling a couple of times. I just wanted to say, I think that's really good marketing on your guys' behalf because I know for a fact there's people who and they're probably not huge betters but you're you're when you do stuff like that it 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 builds like a sense of community absolutely I mean I think for us you know we operate in, in three different jurisdictions uh you know soon to be four with Illinois you really got to listen to what the market is and you really got to hear people out and what they want to bet I mean you could put everything up in the you know, every you can put everything you want up on the menu, but if people aren't going to bet it, yeah, it, it doesn't really amount to much. And when you when you talk about wrestling, or you talk about you know the women's game with with Iowa Iowa State, those are the things we really see people, you know, that that really aligns with their interests. 
and I was I was sitting in my office um, either Saturday or Sunday, I believe. I think it was Sunday because that was when the uh, the wrestling match was. And and when I was looking at the Iowa ticker, I was seeing more wrestling bets than I was seeing NFL bets. Really? Yeah, and it, it, I believe it. It, it. It's super cool because you know the. The people in Iowa have spoken, um, and they really enjoy seeing wrestling on the, on the menu. And um, given that we're able to put that up and offer it, um, you know, to see those those bets come across the ticker and, and to see people really, you know, genuinely interested in the sport and having that, um, you know, market really resonate with them is certainly fun for us. And, you know, like I said, you know, the goal for us when we applied to get a license is, is to write bets and, and build our handle. And if, if wrestling's one of the things that's really going to, you know, get us over that hump, you know, that's something that we're going to continue to put a lot of time, effort, and energy into it. My last one, I'll let Chris finish up with you. Jeff Benson is our guest. Uh, one of the three states you're in is Colorado. Has the ineptitude of the Broncos been good for business for you? I mean, I would say some of these bigger operators, they have that regional bias um, in which they're, you know, shading, you know, half a point, sure. point here yep. and there. Um, and they see such an influx of money in that specific state. You know, for us, given our low-hold, high-volume model um, and our approach of kind of catering to more of the non-recreational better, we, we're not really shading numbers based on uh, regional bias uh, in the different jurisdictions we operate. Um, so I'd say that the Broncos' ineptitude uh, probably hasn't helped us. Um, I'd say it probably hasn't hurt us either. Uh, but with offering like a yes/no on, on, on a lot of things and things like that, you know, we'll definitely get our fair share of no, uh, you know, Broncos to make the playoffs, um, and, and you know, under on season win totals and things like that. Um, you know, for us and our approach and our model, um, yeah, it's not something we necessarily see as as much as you see it maybe more of a recreational shop. Gotcha. Well, I don't envy you this bowl season. Uh, we're going to do a podcast about that, but we do appreciate you guys kind of rolling out the red carpet for us. It's been awesome. It's a great partnership. So thank you very much. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. A pleasure having you guys down here. Uh, hopefully uh, bowl season goes well for you and the listeners. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> well, gonna... hopefully the, uh, the Hawkeyes get it done versus Kentucky. Great stuff. Uh, Jeff Benson has been our guest as we come to you from uh, Circa Sports, the world's largest sports book. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Circa Sportsbook in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Chris Williams and Ken Miller are here with you. Hey, the good news is Hassel's made it. Good. Hassel's made it in town. He's currently Hanging napping. out at one of the uh, properties I heard. Who, on. who gets to Vegas and is like, I'm going to go take a nap? <laughs> yeah. Chris Hassel. <laughs> I've never heard of that until, uh, until Chris pulled that feet. You mean you're so excited when you get off the plane, right? Oh, it's man, just- I... I had three beers down by the time I got to Circa. <laughs> I know you did. Yesterday. In the back of the limo. They looked after us, did they not? Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, We're really, really, really enjoying it. Uh, for those of you watching uh, leading up to the Cyhawk women's game, many of you will be listening on the Iowa Everywhere podcast and, of course, um, on demand, baby. We're going to talk about bowl games here. And this won't be incredibly long because – you know, frankly, can it's hard. Yeah, this is really difficult. And and but you and I, I th- we we, we kind of study this stuff and we talk to smart people, and we want to be able to give some tips, I guess, on what to do and not to do mm-hmm. with these bowl games. Now, I've identified what I think are the most interesting bowl games to me. That's probably different to people based on their fandom and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a few games that I actually like, and I would like to see what the Circa odds are here. And we, we have the updated list in front of us. And talk about betting 
some of these things. But first of all, I mean, really, I mean, information is key, right? Like you have to have as much information on these teams and who's playing and all that stuff. That is the number one thing now when it comes to these bowl games. Chris, and I think it even goes beyond that. I think the lack of transparency when it comes to injuries in college football is going to become more and more of an issue as more and more states expand and, and offer sports wagering. And, and I get it, the reluctance from the coaching staff to let an upcoming opponent know that one of their guys is going to miss the game. And I don't need to know what's wrong with the player, but I'd like to know if he's playing or not. Yeah. And I think the bookmakers would, would like the same information because you know what, Chris? There are people that do know and have that information. Correct. And that can uh, lead to trouble in some circumstances. It's like inside trading that's with the exactly stock market. exactly what it is, man. Yeah. And uh, until college football catches up, I think that that, sadly, is still going to be there. I can't wait to the day and then watch Matt Campbell and Kirk Ferentz squirm. Right. Because <laughs> it's going to be a culture shock. It is. To guys like that. But you're right. It's it's absolutely yep. necessary. Yep. Uh, we were at the Big Ten Media Days, I don't know how many years ago, four, uh, four years ago, Delaney's last go-around. And he said on his way out that one of the things he wants to get accomplished is a injury report, league-wide injury report, sport-wide injury report, because he saw what was coming down the road. So hopefully he's, he's, uh, um, he's ahead of his time and we get that at some point. No doubt. Okay, well, again... We want to talk about actually betting these things and the best way to do it. I do have some that I like. We'll get to that later. You you are into live betting the bull games. I think this year in particular, you almost have to because of the fact that, just for what we said, are, are the quarterbacks playing? Is the running back opting out? What about the wide receiver? Is there going to be an academic issue that crops up? As we've seen that before, yeah, right? Yeah. The news gets out an hour before the game that uh, players A, B, and C were all starters, uh, got in trouble academically, and won't be able to be eligible for the bowl game. So I think that's what I'm going to do, and I don't like to live bet. Um, but I think if I'm going to get involved in, in betting bowls this year, I want as much information as I can. You know, Twitter's going to be instrumental with uh, what I play. Because it, if... If you don't, I mean, you're you're really rolling the dice either way, right? Yeah, like, um, absolutely. Based on guys. So a couple of the games, let's just go over a couple of these ones that I like. Okay. I mean, Alabama right now is down five offensive linemen. Eleven players total have entered the portal. I mean, I'm assuming, and we interviewed Jeff Benson earlier from Circa, that they bake in a lot of this. But, I mean, Bryce Young's not playing in that game. Why would he? Why uh, is Will Anderson well, going to Why play? would Anderson play? My, my point, like, and then you have a Kansas State team. Who I think wants to be there. You're damn right they do. Right. And they get to take on Nick Saban in Alabama. Right. I'm betting Kansas State money line. Yeah, Howard's not sitting the game out. No, but I'm betting them money line at plus four was the last time I saw it. I want to find out what, what Circa has it at right now. But to me. Yeah, they've taken it down. Yeah, it's you? three and a half now. I'm going to get it in early yep. right because I, I, I this isn't going to be it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for kansas state like i don't is, think so is deuce, Ho- is deuce no, <laughs> there's Hogan. yeah that's another name deuce vaughn deuce, yeah. is deuce yeah. vaughn not gonna, right like i'm i'm betting kansas state here mm-hmm. i can see i can see your reasoning behind it because you don't know what the alabama roster is going to look like look they're used to playing in playoff games yeah. are they really want to going to play in a bowl game that seems below them it's not for a lot of the guys on the roster but for some of them they're going to make the prudent decision because they have their biggest job interview of their life that starts in february march and april yeah i mean these really are just 
more so than ever glorified exhibitions. I mean, you look at a game like Florida State, Oklahoma, and the Cheez It Bowl, and like normally that's like a dream matchup. Yeah. Those, but it's just Oklahoma's probably going to have more people exiting than anybody. Probably so. After going yeah. six and six, disappointing. Florida for them. State. I mean, they, now they, I would probably bet Florida State, I guess, and just blindly bet them because. Again, that's another up-and-coming program that you figure could actually use the momentum mm-hmm. from a bowl game, but it, it just doesn't mean anything. Another one I wanted to point out, and this is an actual football game, I think. I don't think you're going to see one? a lot of Utah and Penn State. I okay. don't think we're going to see it's the Rose Bowl. Yep. Something about that. You're right. right. That's still something that's kind of uh, – That's a prize for both of these schools to be there. Well put. That's a prize. Yes. Um, Isn't Utah better than Penn State? Yes, by a mile, I think. I, I think this line is wrong. What's it listed at still? Uh, Utah minus three, so I it's it. steamed down. But yeah. I, I, I think Utah's a – it opened it like a pick. Yeah, and so the betters attacked that very quickly. Um, yeah, look, I think I've watched Penn State a number of times this year. I saw Utah a bunch because I picked them to be in the, in the playoffs, so I watched them more. So I like Whittingham a lot. I like their quarterback a lot. I love their defense. I would bet the Utes in this spot. Yeah. And lay the three. That was one of my favorites. And then the other one that kind of just stuck out stuck out to me, and you, you can see kind of the theme on how I like to bet these games. It's Washington plus six against Texas. No way B. John Robinson plays. No, no. Um, Penix, Tex- is he going to play? I believe so. He said he's coming back. He, he put out that whole deal. It's true. You can beat Texas in a bowl game, up-and-coming program. Mm-hmm. Right, like that. I yep. like these these non blue blood ascending programs with young coaches early in their tenure. Right. That's the that's the profile I look for in bowl games. Yeah, and you're getting how many? You're getting six. Six. That seems like uh, the. I think you're on the right side of that. Well, I what probably, about probably play the money line too? Why? Well, I probably if, do. If both. you like Utah, yeah. I if probably you like do Utah. Utah. Washington. I'd be Washington. I, I would right. probably do both. I'd probably a little skin on, on both of those. What about opening weekend? Does it bother you that the NFL, because it bothers me, <laughs> and I love the NFL. Yeah. I love college football. Uh, the NFL doesn't need to play on Saturday. Why are they? I hate it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, there, there were years, not too far back, that you wanted the NFL because it was a bunch of, you know, group of five schools that are six yeah. and six that you don't know about. You haven't seen them play all year. But there's some good games on that day, Chris. Yeah, there really are. In, in fact, so I put my five best bowl games that are non-playoff games together. Which uh, read them to the me. number one for me is the Cure Bowl <laughs> between oh uh, twenty-four versus twenty-five UTSA yeah. and Troy. Yeah, Hassel got me obsessed with Conference USA. I remember this you year. tweeting that. So didn't isn't Troy's weren't they beat by Appy State on a on a hail mary? Yes. And I don't think they've lost since. No, they've been. Um, they had Appy State beat. Yeah, yeah. They should have won Appy the damn game. Was, was, was that the day game day was there? I think it was. Yeah, I do. I, I think, think it was. My, my old deal is like I watch UTSA a lot. I bet on them a lot. And they could beat Tulane. I'm not saying they would, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like the difference mm-hmm. between Tulane, who's playing in the Power Six. Right. Or the New Year's Six or whatever. And we're both happy because we both like Troy Dannon. Yes. Love Troy Dannon. Yeah. The the difference between UTSA, Troy, and Tulane is yeah, not no. much. I would love to see a power rating on that. Right. I, I don't have it off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But that is a high-class bowl game. No, I'm with you. I, I mean, they lucked out, right? They got two top 25 teams. Gets buried on a Friday at 3 o'clock on the 16th. So I'm taking that afternoon off. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm taking that afternoon off. I'm watching that football game. Yeah, and you know what? There's one earlier in the morning, right? Isn't it? Miami of Ohio and UAB, yeah. the fighting Chris Hassels of UAB. He's called like six of their games this year on CBS. I think that's Stadium. where he ended his season, was it not? I think he was going back to no, Birmingham FAU. once more. No, FAU. Is that where it was? Yeah, it was okay. his last one. All right. So it's funny, too, because he's now stuck with Alex Golish at USF and Tom Herman at FAU. Bad. So it's like Not he's bad. got all my guys right yeah. there in, in South Florida. I think Notre Dame-South Carolina is a good game. Again, what do we look for? We look for ascending programs, mm-hmm. young coaches early in their tenure. D- that don't have a quarterback that has the decision to make. Correct. And, wow. I mean, Spencer Rattler needs all the good tape he can get right I now. I would think. I would think. That's one to watch, though, because we've seen guys make you know decisions based on less than that. Now, I'm not saying this is my bet, but I'm saying, like, uh, that's at least an interesting game to me. Well, how about the way they finish? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be locked into that one. I'm biased. I am a side South Carolina fan. Well, you're, 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 your mom's a fan, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. She loves the Cox. Absolutely. She Goes crazy every time they come on the TV. Uh, Liberty Bowl's good this year. Arkansas yeah, and Kansas. That'll be a fun game. Because Kansas, I think, will take over Memphis. I really do. Good for them. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Did you like Memphis as a Bull City? We were both there for the Liberty Bowl. Uh, I loved it the second time. I wasn't crazy about it the first time. But the so the second time was when Memphis. I was there, right? When they, when what? they played Memphis, right, on a that, cold, miserable, damp kind of day. One of the great... Actually, I'm making a chapter about this in the book that I'm working on. One of the great atmospheres I've ever been to was that game. It was like a mini Red River shootout. The way the, the, they the stadium s- was divided. The way they set the stadium yeah. up, it was half yeah. Cardinal and half Blue. That's true. It was pretty. And it good. was a good game. It's just cold. It, yeah, it's not great. It's not. But and Bill, I mean, can I give? I'll give them credit. Fans don't generally care about this too much, but. That is still a bull that really cares. Yeah, I think so. I think so. They, that city really rolls they, out the red do. carpet for that yep. bull game. Yep, they do. Stadium's nice. You know, it's easy to get into, easy yeah. to get out of. Good parking around it, good tailgating around I would, it. I would prefer to go there than any of the Orlando Bulls at any point. Uh, Orlando, just just Orlando, not yeah, Tampa. I, I would go to Tampa, but I don't like the Orlando Bulls at all. I, been I there a couple been, times. I haven't been there. Been Awful to for fans. Yeah. There's no easy way to get around. Nope. It's completely congested that time of year. Orlando traffic's a nightmare. It's expensive. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like the Orange Bowl for that very reason. A, there's no one pocket where everybody is, right? You're all spread out. This is why the Super Bowl should be in New Orleans every year, because everybody's yeah. on Bourbon Street leading up to the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, that's a good. That's a good point. San Antonio. Everybody's on the Riverwalk, you know, at the restaurants and the bars. And then you walk over the uh, to the Alamo Dome. Um, but yeah, for those reasons, yeah, Arkansas fans will go. They're crazy. I think so I think so. That'll be at least an atmosphere worth watching. Well, the Jayhawks are. Yeah, the Jayhawks are glad to be there. Um, I have Texas and Washington. I think that nope. that the Alamo Bowl always creates a really good matchup. It feels like, and then. Um, USC Tulane. I mean, I always like these. Who do you like? I don't know, but uh, probably Tulane, I'm honestly. With you. I'm with honestly, you. I bet. Uh, Is Caleb Williams going to play? I doubt it. These American type schools always seem to do well in this spot. Again, you know, these programs where the motivation's there against. It's, the NIL thing, you can say whatever you want about it. These guys deserve to get theirs, whatever. Hell say yeah. whatever you want. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. But it is changing. Especially the bowl games, right? Like there's, 
it, it, well, and we've, you hear this? we've seen this trending over 10 years, but it absolutely changes. And I think we're seeing it. We talked earlier with, like, North Carolina basketball right now. Like, I think it does change the dynamics, and you have to keep an eye on that. Yep. How is USC going to be, uh, we're going to go to the Alamo Bowl, and they're one of the biggest spenders in the sport. I just right. can't see these guys being highly motivated. When, when the, a week before, or, or two days before the bowl announcement, they were in line to go to the college football playoff, and they're sent down that far. Have you heard that the bowls are kicking the tires on NIL, actually paying the players to play in their They bowls? should. Absolutely Because should. it's ruining their product. It does. And it's just now it's a cost of doing business. If you want the best players... And, you know, to show up in your bowl game in your city, you might have to, you know, write them a check. Probably would kill off a lot of the bulls, too, I would think. It might. It might. But, yeah, I mean, those not all have to do it. No. No. Maybe the Alamo wants to pay the guys, and the Bahamas Bowl can't. Right. Yeah, for well, a lot of these the case. And for a lot of these guys, playing in a bowl game is still a big deal. Mm-hmm. So. But it's worth more than the $400 gift package that they get. <laughs> yeah. That's it's ridiculous. Anyways. That that's kind of where we're at. I like your I like your take on the Rose Bowl. I do that. It's uh, it's still a prize. It's still a, something that the players strive to uh, attain an opportunity to play in the granddaddy of them all, right? Um, so that one, especially. Makes me- I mean, Utah and Penn State have been out of playoff contention for a long time. Like the well, Utah was essentially in Week One when Florida yeah. beat them, right? So these teams, like it's still, you know, you could have said a month ago, "What's your goal? Oh, let's get to the Rose Bowl." Mm-hmm. And Penn State got lucky because two teams are in the playoff. Right, right. right. For and, and Utah, though, couldn't you make an argument that they, if you just trim out the you know, certain part of the schedule, they're a top four team right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think you could, too. I mean, if they, they'd probably be favored over TCU. Yes. A lot of teams be. would be favored over TCU, but they keep finding ways to win. And Do you give them a chance? Um, yeah. I will. I, I don't think Michigan, that they will win. Michigan's seven-point favorite. I would. How do you count them out at this point? Is my. I don't think that they can win a national championship. But I mean, hell, Illinois almost beat Michigan. No, they did. Like, you're right. Like yeah. so, uh, can't TCU? There's no reason. I mean, if Dugan shows up and plays like he just balled out the other day, our trans <laughs> did it again. Chris, this is how my college football season went. This will show you how bad I shot. I was against Michigan and TCU all year long and stayed on that stance all year, and they're unbeaten and they're in the playoff. I made some money on TCU this year. Did you? Yeah. I just kind of, well, I, they're a little bit like the Vikings right now. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. – it's, it's group think. Oh, we well, they're going to – don't believe it. Yeah. And then every, and, the, and the metrics suck. Yeah. Right? Like their power ratings suck, but then somehow they end up pulling it out of their rear – and covering. They remind me of the Vikings. It's something about yeah. the, the purple. There's no such thing as a fake 10-2 and two or a fake 12-0. and 0. No. You get to this point, you're doing something right. Especially, I think, too, in the in the Big 12 this year where it's not the best league, but it's probably the deepest because there's not yeah. a lot of teams that just suck no. in that league. Iowa State was in every game until week 12. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, they got last. last. Yeah, and they finished and, last. And they had the best defense in the league. And so they had the best defense in the league. Just think about that, though. If they would have just, like, pulled off that Kansas State game, yeah. like, how different. Like, oh. you would give them a kicker. Yeah. Give Even despite, kicker. like, the horrible offensive play, give them a kicker and they're oh. seven wins. And, and, and uh, Xavier Hutchinson leads the league in receptions. Yeah. It's incredible. It uh, if he If he catches one ball, if Jalen Knoll catches one ball, like, there's some, that, that's my point on TCU. 
do they have like the high profile win over Tennessee or Bama? No. no. But they were tested week to week and still found ways to get out. Right. Is uh, and who did Michigan s- is not a team to blow you out. Is the thing? No, they're not. They're not built that way. I don't think they're as good as last year. And they're twelve and zero. And people think I'm nuts that this is a better team. So I, if I were, do you like JJ McCarthy? I mean, I like him. Do you love him? No, I don't. No, I don't trust him. And TCU's got some pretty good dudes on defense. Yes. No, they're not great, but. Listen, um, again, secondary. Like, just a couple weeks ago, dude, they almost lost to Illinois at home. Mm-hmm. You're telling me TCU on a neutral site can't figure uh, – no, I think that they can. If I had to right now, I would maybe even tease Ohio State and TCU. Tease Ohio State. Okay. Doesn't it set up for them to pull off one of those – everybody's counting Ohio State out. They get all this time off. Yeah. Got everybody's attention. Right. I mean, good coaching staff, elite talent. Mm-hmm. Georgia's better than them, no doubt. They are the yeah. – but they're not – this doesn't feel like – this played out horribly for Georgia to get Ohio State is the four seed. Mm-hmm. If you're a Georgia fan, you are pissed at how this played out. I would have much rather played USC in oh, that game. By, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I'd rather play TCU. I mean, this is the worst-case scenario mm-hmm. for them. Is a one seed. Yep, I'm with you. Might have might have rather played Alabama. Maybe. Because you saw them last year. Now they beat you in the SEC, and they, but you turned the tables where it mattered most. Uh, I, I still think everybody – I mean, I think it's Georgia and everybody else, Chris. I, I really do, too. do. I do, too. But I, the, I'm going to push it just a smidge because these playoff games are usually blowouts. But I think you get the two Big Ten teams, you get the Big 12 team in there, and things just a little more even now. As far as, I just don't know. This doesn't feel like Bama, Oklahoma, where you have one team that's completely lopsided on one side of the ball. Yeah. Right? Like, these are pretty evenly distributed teams as far as, even Ohio State. I mean, their defense isn't great. We know this. But they're better than they have been. Right? Like, it's not. I I think we're going to have good playoff games. I hope you're right. I think we will. I hope you're right. I think we will. All right, well, this has been fun. Uh, for those of uh, you watching on the live stream, thank you for joining us. We will be here, two guys named Chris, live from the stadium swim tomorrow. We're going to put out the schedule, um, all that stuff. We're at 3, and then we're live at 5, and we will be um, posting more great content throughout social media and whatnot here at the Sportsbook at Circa. So thanks, Ken. This has been fun, man. I've enjoyed it, Chris. You're going to the game tonight, I'm right? going to a hockey game. Yep, my son and I are going to the NHL game, uh, Golden Knights and the Rangers. He's taking me for my birthday. Awesome. Yeah. He's Ken Miller. I'm Chris Williams signing off here from Circa Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Iowa everywhere.